hide me behind your cross that these your servants, sons and daughters might see none of me but all of thee. This is our prayer in the strong name of Jesus we ask it, amen. amen. I don't watch a lot of television, but there are some shows that I absolutely love. Undercover Boss is one of those. It's only in reruns right now, but it is a show that demonstrates several things for me. Right up front, I know that these people are going to be blessed because somebody is going undercover so that they can be a blessing to somebody else. My excitement comes because these people don't go in with a haughty spirit and expect people to kiss their rings because they're the CEO or the owner of the company. They go in with the posture of humility. They go in with the posture of a servant. They go in as a humble servant to find out what the needs are in the company and then to figure out a strategy to improve the working relations and company structure, usually because of a conversation that they've had with a boots-on-the-ground person. Does this sound like spiritual direction and inner healing prayer? You go in not knowing what's going to come out. But you have to figure out how you're going to meet the needs of these people every time. What kind of world would it be if we, that would we live in if everybody approached life as a humble servant who had a whole lot to, do, to offer but didn't hold it over the heads of people just because they needed our help? What kind of world would we live in if we were the owners of resources and goods that could change a person or groups of people's lives and they not necessarily know who we are when we make that kind of impact for them? What kind of world would it be if we did something for someone and never took credit for it? You know that every time you do something for someone else and then brag about it, you're really doing it for yourselves and your own glorification, but let me help you right here. All glory belongs to God. I'm sure some of you are wondering, what does this have to do with our text? Let me help you out. I'm in the Bible, y'all. Verse 11 in the scripture says, in the New Living Translation, yes, God will give you much so that you can give away much. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will break out in thanksgiving and praise to God for your help. In the NIV translation, it says you will, in the ESV translation, it says you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Let me Lisa rise this. In other words, I say to you, deputized undercover bosses, that's who you are tonight. When you do something for somebody, it's not for you to be boastful about what you've done. It is so that God will get the glory for how God has blessed you so that you can be a blessing to others. It's not for you to run and tell everybody about how you took what you had and did something for somebody as if it was your doing. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Spiritual directors and inner healing ministers, I want to remind you that Luke 12 and 48 already warned us, to whom much is given, much will be required. I'm sure you've heard that line of wisdom, so you already know what that means. It means that we are held to a higher level of accountability, and we're responsible for what we have and how we will share it with others. 
We have been blessed with talents. We've been blessed with wealth. We've been blessed with knowledge, time, and health. And it is expected that we use those things to benefit others. Yes, I know you all have all sorts of things going on. I know some of you all are exhausted. Can I get an amen? I know that you have to, you're just trying to figure it out. But let me see if I can help you all right here. I want to encourage you to rest. The fourth commandment says that we are to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. And so if you are burning out, that means that you are dishonoring the fourth commandment. I'm going to just let that hang for a minute. Because guess what? Some of us, because of our own wounding places, we run on adrenaline trying to please other people, and then we begin to resent the work that we're doing. So I'm going to encourage you tonight. The first thing you need to do is to rest. But please, as soon as you've had a good nap, come on back to use what God has blessed you with to be a blessing to everyone that you have the opportunity to sit with. People are hurting. People need direction. And people most often just need someone to listen to them. I'm so grateful you all have chosen Richmond Hill to use your gifts from God. I'm sure you realize when we are faithful in doing our part, God is faithful in doing God's part. God has given us some promises in this passage of scripture. Here we see the Apostle Paul sharing the promises that we can claim if we are faithful in our giving. Both chapters 8 and 9 in the second letter to the church in Corinth, Paul presents giving as grace, as a blessing and not an obligation or a burden to anyone. People of faith, you have been designed to receive the blessings of the Lord and enriched to be a conduit of those blessings. You've been designed to receive because God knows that he can trust you to give. You've been enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. If giving is difficult for you, it's time for a heart checkup. We haven't been generously enriched to sit on our blessed assurance and keep what God has done for us to ourselves. This generosity that I speak of, this giving that I'm talking about, this commitment is about so much more than money. Please don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about your money because I can almost hear some of you all say, you don't know what I got to do with my money and I don't. However, let me ask you this. When you're sitting with someone who needs direction or prayer, are you offering it as a gift unto the Lord? I ask everyone in this chapel, are you using your gifts that God has given you to bring people to a greater place of awareness as an opportunity for them to see, sense, and hear God? I ask you this evening, as God did when he was talking to Moses, what do you have in your hand? What do you have that you can offer as a gift and for the glory of God. Are you offering it as a gift or are you offering it because you were trained very well? A story is told of a man named Captain Levi, a believer from Philadelphia, who, once asked, who was once asked how he could give so much to the Lord's work and still possess such great wealth. Catch this. The captain replied, oh, as I shovel it out, God shovels it in. And the Lord has a bigger shovel. <laughs> so tonight, 
I not only want to commission you to do the work that you've been called to do, I want you to get your shovel out and shovel as much as you possibly can that will bring God glory. The Bible promises us in Luke 6.38, give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Give and it shall be, not it might be, not I wonder if, not you might get it back. Give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. What I want to really highlight in that that scripture right there is you can give out of your overflow and not out of your lack. You may ask, why should we be generous in our giving? Well, I'm glad you asked. Y'all know I like an inquisitive crowd. We are generous in our giving first because giving will bring blessings to others. When we approach spiritual direction and healing prayer with people, I want us want to suggest that we do so from the posture of an empathic witness. Juan Reed states in Still Listening, a witness is the one who is above all present. A witness looks as well as listens, sees as well as hears, Terry Wardle says it like this, it's better to be unavailable than inattentive. Let me make this plain. On January 8, 2011, Gabrielle Giffords, a U.S. Congresswoman from Arizona, was critically injured when a man went on a shooting spree during a, a constituents meeting held by the Congresswoman outside of a t- Tucson, Arizona supermarket. The crowd was in a frenzy, but a bystander began to tend to Gabby and remained with her until the paramedics took her away for triage. This man became her empathic witness. Every time we sit in a room with somebody, we are witnessing their life story. I pray that every time we sit for spiritual direction or inner healing prayer, that we do so from the posture of an empathic witness. I pray that the gift of grace-filled listening would be our goal every time. Maybe, just maybe, if we approach our sessions in that manner, it would take root and our directees would begin to listen to others with the same heart. Look at chapter 9, verse 2 when you get home. For I know your eagerness to help, and I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians, Paul says telling them that since last year you and Achaia were ready to give and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. Richmond Hill, I believe we have the eagerness of mind and so we've got to get, we've got to keep our willing spirits in action and share the, in the assignments that God gives us the opportunity to serve in. Sometimes they're not pretty. I would like for you all to tell me every conversation you have in spiritual direction and inner healing prayer is a good one. I would just challenge you really, really tough on that one. There are so many people who need prayer and spiritual direction, especially since COVID. So we've got to find hurts and heal them. We've got to find problems and help solve them so that we can all praise God for his goodness I want to hear the Lord say of Richmond Hill, your zeal has provoked many, because that's a powerful testimony. Hebrews 10, 24 urges us to provoke one one another to good works, and this is what the Corinthians were doing. I don't want us to be found guilty of not fulfilling the promises we've made to God. Paul suggests that if we fail to do our share, we will discourage other Christians. 
So we want to give generously because it brings blessings to others. And secondly, we want to bring, give generously because giving will bring blessings to ourselves. Yes, we've been called to be empathic witnesses or companions. We want to witness our companions' lives and to sow bountifully in their experiences. Paul uses an agricultural principle to illustrate his point. The farmer who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Bountifully here is the same word as bounty in verse 5. It means to sow with blessings so that we can reap with blessings. In other words, God will not be anybody's debtor. You can't beat him given. I don't care how hard you try. God is faithful to bless when we are faithful in our giving. When we read through this text, don't get hung up on verse 7 because it's not talking about how much we give, but rather how we give. We can't give grudgingly or out of necessity. Don't come and have a spiritual direction appointment just because it's on your calendar. Because if you're not in the right head space, you're getting ready to mess somebody's day up. I know it's not good grammar, it's good theology though. <laughs> God loves a cheerful giver. In the Greek, the word means hilarious giver. And again, I'm not only talking about money. A cheerful heart is not a substitute for an obedient heart. Our hearts should be faithful, both faithful and cheerful, because we're giving with the right motive. We should look upon our giving as an opportunity to show our love for God's grace and for God's word and for God's trusting us. So we should be generous in our giving because giving will bring blessings to others. We should be generous in our giving because it will bring blessings to ourselves. And finally, we should be generous in our giving because giving will bring glory to God. Think about how many times Paul reminds believers of the spiritual riches in Christ. 1 Corinthians 1 and 5 is one place. 1 Corinthians 4 and 8, I'm not going to tell y'all, I'm making y'all read. 1 Corinthians 4 and 8 is another. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and 2 Corinthians 9 and 11. It's a cycle. God enriches us, we enrich others. It's like the water cycle. God enriches us, we enrich others, and God receives the praise. I'm going to repeat that so y'all can get it. God enriches us, we enrich other, God receives the praise. To disrupt, this cycle disrupts our flow. But when we are faithful in distributing the blessings that the Lord has given us, it will bring help to others, blessing to, blessings to us, and glory to God. When we remain focused and stay in the flow of the cycles, we demonstrate our obedience to God. Paul closes this chapter with a word of praise. He tells us about the grace we receive when we are obedient in our giving. He was also excited about teaching everyone about this generous giving and God's grace towards us. I don't know exactly how this thing works. But what I do know beyond a reasonable doubt, it is had it not been for the grace of God in my own life. I'm not talking about Paul, I'm talking about Lisa. I would be a hot, stinking mess. And what I know is that I'm living proof of what the grace and mercies of God can do. The ESV translation of 1 Corinthians 15 and 10 tells us, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. In the Lisa version it says, Except for the grace of God, I would be completely lost. 
I've been wrestling with the comparison between giving and grace for a few weeks now. I want you all to know that I haven't settled into any one position other than to say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we've been called to be our sisters and brothers keepers. We've been called to look out for one another. We've been designed to give and to know that whatever seeds we sow are the seeds we're going to grow. What I know is that when we care for others, God will send those who will care for us. This evening, I'm inviting all of you all into the same wrestle with me. How is the grace of giving showing up in your lives? Richmond Hill, as I, I y'all know I'm a Baptist preacher. Y'all knew I was going to close about three times. <laughs> as I close and really do take my seat, I, like Paul, am excited about this grace and giving phenomena. I'm excited about the concept and opportunity, opportunity to be enriched to give generously to others my time, my talent, and my treasure. I'm excited that I can shout like Paul and say thanks be to God for his unspeakable gifts. You may ask which gifts, Elisa, and I say to you, the gift of God's grace. I say to you, the gift of God's mercy. I say to you, the gift of God's eternal life through his son, Christ Jesus. I can get excited because giving is not a burden for me, but it is a blessing. I can get excited because giving blesses others and me and it pleases God. I can get excited because giving enriches our lives and opens, opens us up to the fountain of God's blessings. Giving is another measure of God's grace and for that we ought to be full of thanksgiving and praise. I'm reminded that we have the opportunity to give as unto the Lord every time we sit with somebody. I've been reminded that every time I pray a blessing of healing over somebody, God is using me as a conduit of his blessings. I've been enriched and designed for this. We've all been designed to give. May it be so.